0: And, eight. and I'm so glad that you're with me today, and we can share together in the Word of God. When I left the last podcast, which was entitled Don't Miss the Story, I was just trying to help you to understand the great story of God and how we need to learn it well, because we don't know the story. We don't even know the stories anymore. It's amazing when years ago I was preaching at Southwestern Seminary, and afterwards, when I preached in chapel, I met with many of of the cabinet members, the, those who are the faculty members that lead the school, and they were asking many theological questions to me, so I asked a question to them. I said, what is the difference between now, and this was about 10 years ago, what's the difference between now and the theological students that come to Southwestern Seminary and in the days in the 70s and the mid-70s when I started my theological education and the intensive and intentional structured discipleship, that's what Christian education is, and immediately the president said when you came, Tony, in the mid-70s, everyone knew the basic Bible stories. Now they don't know the stories. They don't know the stories because they're not being taught the stories anymore. And I thought, oh my goodness, what are you talking about? So I began to dig into what he was talking about. And the great stories of Genesis, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, of Noah, of Joseph, of Moses, and Aaron, of the judges, and they don't know the stories. And you wonder why I I'll tell you why, because Sunday school is almost a thing of the past anymore, and when we do go to Sunday school, we don't teach the Bible stories. What we're doing is we're trying to teach ethics that doesn't have a biblical base, and we just try to modify behavior and we try to get cute and fancy. And sometimes I think we're, we're trying to outsmart God. You see, if you'll just tell these stories, these are interesting stories because these individual stories are parts and pieces of the great story. They are a puzzle that all fits together. We don't know the story of God anymore. And so God has painted for the Jewish people a way to know the story of God. And it's through these appointed times, these Moedim, uh, singular Moed. And what we call them are feasts and festivals. And when we do that, we kind of mess up to begin with. Because you see, there's some days that are not feasts and festivals, either one, and, and that's not the word. It's just translated that because they eat on some of them and they rejoice on some of them. But some of them, they mourn and they fast. So why do we call that a festival? It's a special day. It's an appointed day. And I think we would do better to do that because, you see, God said, I want you to remember me every day, of course. But he said, every week, I'm going to give you an opportunity to remember who I am and what I did and how you got here. I cannot emphasize that enough, and the older I get, the more I see where America really began to go astray is not in 1963 when we took prayer out of the schools. I hear that said all the time, and I used to hear it more than now. Many people now have forgotten that we once did pray in schools, but I have heard many seniors say over the years, well, where we really went wrong, Pastor, is when we took prayer out of the schools. Oh, really? Really? I think you're wrong. I think taking prayer out of the schools was symptomatic of a deeper, more fundamental problem, and that is when we began to teach Darwinistic, atheistic evolution, and uh, we began to teach that man is a survivor and the strongest survives, and and there is nothing that is true in the Bible, in the foundational chapters of the Bible. Everything doesn't uh, reproduce after its kind. That's called mutation. No, it's transmutation to the evolution. Evolutionists, we're going to jump from one species to another, and everything's going to involve from one big bang or one crystal or some other ridiculous concocted idea that someone who has a PhD behind their name said happened. This is ridiculous. Professing themselves to be wise, they have become fools. And listen to me, please understand this. I am not a science student, but I am a student of history, of world history, of ancient history, of modern modern history and i can tell you that the educational systems of the last 200 years have led us to where we are today Because as I read the Bible, especially chapter one of the book of Romans, I see that spiritual darkness precedes intellectual darkness. Professing themselves to be wise, they have become fools. You see, there was never a more educated population on the planet, never before and never since, than Germany prior to the rise of Adolf Hitler. I can remember when I first started studying in the 70s, that if you were going to do any scholarly research. You had to learn German because uh, many of the theological concepts of the last century and the century before that were espoused in German. They were written in German. That's where the neo-orthodoxy of Karl Barth and others came from. That's where modern liberalism came from as far as our reading in the West, and it infiltrated into the seminaries of America, and it became commonplace, and it has been down through the years. What it says is that that the Bible is not reliable, that the stories of God are not true, that God really was not the creator, and that God is not the sustainer of the universe, that we all got here in a different way, and that you and I can figure all of this out and scientifically we can trust science to have the answer well i can tell you science changes its mind in the present day more often than i change shirts and i change about twice a day and that's about how often that major theories are changing today and variations of them in every area in medicine and science and astronomy on and on and on so what am i saying God's story is true. And the foundation is that God is the creator and sustainer of all of life. And let me tell you, this is very pertinent to where we are today because Shabbat was given to remember and to remind and to cause the people of Israel to think about and contemplate and pass on the story of creation. That's why in the Decalogue and what we call the Ten Commandments, that God said, I want you to set this day apart for this Reason In that, in six days, I created everything that there is, heaven, earth, every creature that's on it, every plant that's on it, every seed that's in it, everything I created. And then I took the seventh day, and I set it apart, and I want you to set it apart as well, and I will meet you on that day, and we will reminisce about what I have created, what I'm doing now, and where I'm going. And this was passed on. Now, why is that important and relative for Rosh Hashanah? What is now called Rosh Hashanah, it's called in the Bible, in the book of Leviticus, by two other names Yom Teruah, the day of the blasting of the trumpets, and Hazikran. that is, the day of remembrance. It's a memorial. What is it? It's the head of the year, as the rabbis later call it. It's the beginning of a new and civil year. On the very night of Rosh Hashanah, of Yom Teruah, we had a celebration last night in Kingsport. It was the evening of Rosh Hashanah, of Yom Teruah, and it was a celebration of a new moon. That's right. It was uh, The moon was dark. There was no light of the moon. It's the new moon. It's a new beginning. It's the beginning of a new month. It's the beginning of a new year. It's the sabbatical year this year. It's the Shemitah. It is the beginning of something brand new, a sabbatical year. It only comes every seven years. And this is the way that God continued to keep the story fresh and new in their minds. Every week they remembered that he was the creator. And then once a year they had a holy day. We call them holidays. We just changed the Y to an I. Instead of holy day, it's a holiday to us, because nothing's holy anymore, it seems. Not even the Lord's Day, not even Shabbat. This is what I'm talking about. This is the reason that the Jews have stayed together. They have kept the Moedim and the Moedim have kept them. They have kept Shabbat, and Shabbat has kept them. Why? They've never forgotten where they came from. God supernaturally created man, and then God supernaturally created the vehicle whereby man could get back to him through the Jewish people that he gave the oracles of God, he gave the Holy Bible, the Holy Scriptures, and he gave us the Messiah, the Messiah through this people that he supernaturally created through Yitzhak. I'm telling you, Isaac was a supernatural baby. It was a miracle. It would have not happened had God not supernaturally intervened in human history. Why? Because he wanted his people to know that he is able to do the impossible. There is nothing impossible with God. Is there anything too hard for God? That was asked to Abraham and to Sarah. And the answer is, of course not. God can do anything that's in line with his nature and what he has laid out that he's going to do. And he's faithful to do it every time. And so when we celebrate this new moon, uh, this head of the month, Rosh Kedosh, then what we are doing, we are celebrating a new beginning. What is Rosh Hashanah? What is Yom Teruah? It's the remembering of the year that just passed and the fact that God has laid out that we get a new beginning. Aren't you glad God gives us a new beginning? He gives us a new beginning every 24 hours. Then every week he gives us a new beginning. That was something that was totally unheard of in the ancient cultures. But God laid it out to where every week we get a new beginning. You say, well, I don't have time to do something. No, you have time to do almost anything you want to do. Now, sometimes circumstances will keep us from doing that. Sometimes hardship and handicaps will keep us from doing something. But most of us choose our day, and we have so many hours in the day, and all of us have the same amount of time. It's just a matter of how we choose. Same way with the week. You see, everybody has the same opportunity for a seven-day week, and then you get to start again. And if you say, well, I'm going to work all the time, well, you're going to burn yourself out. I know that there's times when you've got to work. God knows there's times when you've got to work. Everybody's oxen gets in the ditch. But sometimes I believe that by looking around to human nature and having lived on this earth for a while, I can tell you a lot of us not only put our oxen in the ditch, we lead it down there and get down in the ditch with the oxen so that we can stay there not have to come out and meet God. Well, I can tell you, God's in the ditch as well, and He's going to meet you there. He'll get you out of it. Because you see, God wants you to meet with Him once every week. He wants you to meet with Him every day. And during this time of Rosh Hashanah, during this time of Yom Teruah, during this time of Hazekron, of remembering by the blasting of the trumpets, let's let this shofar remind us, the blowing of the shofar that it's time to meet with God. It's time for a new beginning. Yes, it's time for repentance, but it's a time to say to one another, shana tova umatuka." May God grant you a good, and that's the same good, tova, tov, that was mentioned when God said he saw that it was good on the first day, the second day. The third day, he actually said it was good twice. God makes things good, a sweet now, if you want to call someone a sweetheart, that's what you say to them. Metucha, that is a sweetie, a sweetheart. And what we say to one another when we say to each other, have a good and sweet year, what we're saying is that your life would be filled, your walk with God would be filled with goodness and sweetness. That's my prayer for you as you walk on the way. This is Tony Chris.